This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, February 16th, 2023. I'm on your host, Blessing, Adelie Jr., and joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Already loving the energy today, Bless. This one is going to be a good one. One for the, the books. One for the books. Tim, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Watched Creed last night. Going to oh. do a review later today. Ooh, oh. excited to talk about that. Hell yeah. I, I watched Mean Girls last night. Oh, I. Ugh. And it was the first Stop time the watching Mean Girls everybody. in like 20 years, 19 years. Mm-hmm. So that movie came out later than I thought it came out. Yeah. Because we were talking about this buy. yesterday where I was like, dude, I, mean, you, um, I was talking about how I'm going to watch Mean Girls. How I was going to watch Mean Girls last night because my plan was to watch the Mean Girls musical today. Unfortunately, didn't get the rush tickets no! <laughs> that I was going to try and get. And so maybe I'll be able to do that in the, in the coming weeks. But I did watch Mean Girls last night. When we were talking about it yesterday, I think Joey was the one that asked, like, have, have I seen Mean Girls before? And I've established a new thing where there's a, uh, like, there's a point of no return in terms of it's been long enough to where I've just not seen this movie anymore. You know, if I saw a movie when I was six or seven years yeah. old, I've just not seen it anymore. And in my head, I was like, yeah, I saw Mean Girls when I was seven. Then when I checked, I went and checked the release date, and I was like, this movie came out in like 2004, 2005. I must have been 10 or 11 years old when that came out. Yeah. And I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw quite a bit of Mean Girls because that was definitely a movie that my older sisters were into. And so I'm, I'm, I want to say I saw bits and pieces, but I never actually watched the full thing. must have been what happened. And so watching the full thing last night, I was very into it. It was very, very funny movie. It was on point. What also blew my, blew my mind, Tim, was the fact that we talked about Mean Girls. Mean Girls strikes me as this movie that came out decades and decades and decades ago. But when I think of like a, 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 when I think of a movie like Superbad, I'm like, oh yeah, Superbad came out just yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked and I was like, hey, these, man. these movies came out. <laughs> hey, hey man, two to three years apart. These movies are, but for some reason in my head, they're entirely different generations of movies. Yeah. Um, all that said, though, I had a really good time watching Mean Girls last night. I, I told this story to you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited. Mean Girls, one of one of my all time favorites for sure. Mm-hmm. I told the story to, to y'all yesterday, so now I need to tell it to to all of you. Um, when I lost my virginity. <laughs> I'm surprised you're going to tell us on stream. And uh, the background, uh, Mean Girls DVD was on TV, and it was the menu. And there's a 25-second Liz Fair loop that mm. just played. And then after all was said and done, eventually she fell asleep. I was awake, and I couldn't fall asleep because I was just listening to this fucking Liz Fair loop all night long. That's incredible. So Mean Girls will always have a very So now whenever you think of Mean heart. Girls, you think of... Uh, yes, time. yes. There's other parts of that story that I'm not going to tell right now, but I have told before. So oh, there's some keen-eared listeners out there that'll know what I'm talking about. Does oh, it involve man. diarrhea? It does. Oh, wow. All right. Well, Tim, enough about diarrhea. Michael Sarah. Enough about your first time. Enough about Mean Girls. Enough about Michael Sarah. Let's talk about today's stories, which include a PlayStation VR 2 review roundup. Ubisoft is attending E3 and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of 
funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames is popping off right now. Uh, over there, we have a Wild Hearts review uh, for this week's Kind of Funny Games cast. And for our PSI Love You XOXO episode, we have a PSVR 2 review and a Horizon Call of the Mountain review. And so oh. go over there for those. Of course, we're about, to, we're about to talk about all of that right here on Kind of Funny Games Daily because we got some review roundups for you. But uh, make sure to show some love. Of course, on PSI Love You, we have uh, Paris on as a guest. It's a very good episode. I think it is for sure worth the dollar, even though it's free. Uh, but definitely go watch it and then uh, return next week for hopefully the return of greg miller and he'll greg will give all of his thoughts uh there as well along with like i don't know what next week's episode is going to be but i imagine it's going to be like a psvr 2 release celebration because i think that's the lining up too. with the release date with what now a review too with a review, review too yeah review part two to look yeah. for greg will be back that. next week everybody i can officially announce Hell yeah! It's like it's like we'll the return. it's like the ending to a Marvel movie. Exactly, <laughs> Greg, Greg will, will be will back. Return. I, real quick, speaking of returns, I want to give a shout out to Alex Aziz in the chat. I saw him pop oh, up. Oh, heard from him in, in quite a while. So Love hey, wow. what's up, man? Hell yeah! Thank you to our Patreon producer Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Shady Rays and Honey, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be. The Warper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. PlayStation VR 2 reviews are in. We got a review roundup for you, courtesy of Darren Bothus at... Uh, GameSpot, of course, Thanks, GameSpot, Aaron. they do their own review roundups. Uh, and let me tell you, trying to do my own review roundup for PSVR 2 this morning was very difficult on a, um, a limited amount of time. And so shout out to GameSpot for helping me out with this review roundup. Uh, Darren's article reads like this. PSVR 2 officially arrives in a few days and ahead of the official rollout, reviews have gone live for Sony's new headset. A successor to the original PSVR, PSVR 2 combines a huge leap forward in technology while taking a few cues from the PS5 and its DualSense controller. So far, critics have been impressed by the elegant design of the headset and the powerful hardware inside of it. While PSVR 2 has some incredible tech to marvel at, there are a few caveats as well, as reviewers have noted. Horizon Call of the Mountain is doing, the most of the, is doing most of the heavy lifting on the software side of the equation, while every other game rolling out to PSVR 2 over the next month consists of titles that are currently available on other VR platforms. Quote, the PSVR 2 is undoubtedly a major step forward for PlayStation's virtual reality ambitions and one of the best headsets on the market. But in the ever-shifting landscape of virtual reality, its price and current value proposition leave it in an awkward position once again. Uh, and that, is by Timur, uh, that, is, that was written by Tamor Hussein on, Games, uh, on GameSpot's PSVR 2 review. Gabriel Moss at IGN gave it a 9 out of 10 and says, quote, with, top, with top-notch visual quality and immersively tactile sense controllers, PSVR 2 represents a quantum leap over its predecessor, setting a new standard for console VR gaming, end quote. Cal Hilliard at Game Informer says, quote, PSVR 2 is the next logical step for the sub-platform. It works with Sony's latest hardware and improves on basically every aspect of PSVR, but it's not quite the virtual reality revolution I feel like we've been waiting for since the advent of the medium. And then Scott Stein at CNET says this, 
I do not. I, I do. I do know right now that the PSVR two is my favorite dedicated uh, VR. Uh, yeah, let me read that again. I do know right now that the PSVR two is my favorite dedicated VR gaming hardware, even with its tethered cable. I still think the Quest two offers more value and freedom of movement for its price, but the PSVR two shows glimpses of how the how good the future could be. PlayStation games on the PSVR two uh, doesn't just feel like VR; it often feels like a PS five game has leapt out and surrounded me. End quote. That's dope. Yeah. That's a pretty powerful statement there. Yeah. Tim, have you checked out a lot of the review coverage for PSVR 2 yet? Um, just uh, I was watching a little bit of PS I Love You hearing you guys discuss it on my way in here. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm not surprised by where any of this is at. This kind of seems like what we expected this to be, um, for better or worse, I guess. I'm still very excited to try this thing out. I haven't yet. <laughs> Uh, and I like this, the line here about that feels like a PS five games left out and surrounded me. I've been watching you play a lot of Horizon call the mountain, uh, while you were uh, doing it for review. Cause you were doing it out in the office area and we had a, our big TV up. And so we could see what you were doing and it looks really damn good. And I can't quite fathom being in VR and it looking that good. Cause I haven't experienced that. Like, um, I I've done a lot of the, um, the quest stuff, which is super fun, but I wouldn't say it's like. The fidelity is not there. It's not like mm. a graphically impressive uh, experience. PSVR one, uh, when it first came out, like the Batman Arkham thing was was cool, and like I was like so wowed by it. Playing the Star Wars, um, <clears throat> not Squadrons, but um, uh, in Battlefront, there was yeah. uh, um, the the modes you could play, and like those little like neat nifty things you could try out. Um, but the idea of it having like PS five level graphics is exciting to me. But what do you think about that? Like, does is that? I think that's I think that's accurate for the fidelity of it. I, for me, that's still the biggest compliment I can pay to uh, to PlayStation VR two, especially for Horizon Call of the Mountain. Is that that game looks incredible? Uh, and one of the things we talked about uh, in our review over on PS Love UXOXO is you know you look at the at the like you of course the game is about climbing right it's called the mountain so you're you're climbing up this tall mountain at any moment you look down at the vista and you look at the view and it's like wow like y'all really nailed both the art design the direction and then also the fidelity carrying all that stuff right it looks uh, fantastic and there are times where yeah i would take off the helmet and like look at how it looks on the tv and it real looks, life just doesn't look as good <laughs> and real the graphics in real life just don't look, don't yeah. match up to what's going on but no it's just it's such a pretty game it's such a beautiful game and i think for me, that's a lot of where the promise of PSVR 2 uh, comes from. And I think that's where you see a lot of people praising the headset, right? I think for me, it is the OLED screens bring a lot. The resolution brings a lot. The power of the, power of the PS5 uh, brings a lot. And I've been very, very impressed by how some of the more um, higher production games look on the headset. Bert Lorick in the chat says, is it just Horizon that's good looking? I, I I think you, I saw you playing a football game after you, you saw me playing two MD football uh, something right, which is like basically a very basic football game that was pretty fun to play right, but it wasn't easy on the eyes and and for me that's where some of the shortcomings of VR and it's not just PlayStation VR two right it is VR as a whole but I think it is VR two coming in with a library that is mostly games that I've been out already where I am playing Tetris Effect, I am playing uh, Res Infinite, I am playing What the Bat, I am playing Tentacular, and all these games are games that have seen other platforms, and PSVR 2 isn't bringing much in terms of fidelity to those games, because guess what? Those games are already designed with other VR platforms in mind, including things like MetaQuest. And so Horizon looks fantastic. Um, um, Gran Turismo, uh, uh, Mike did his pre preview on that, and I sadly I've not gotten to check out Gran Turismo yet. I really want to, but I'm sure that's going to look incredible. I'm sure once we get to Resident Evil uh, Village and other VR games that 
are uh, either the, like the console games translated to VR or games that feel like they're being built for the platform. Once you get there, I think you will get more of the pretty looking stuff, more of the stuff that takes advantage of the power of the PS5 and the PSVR 2. But my big fear with it and what I'm feeling right now, at least with the launch layer library that I have, is that not enough games are taking advantage of that stuff. Uh, this is a, a weird thing, but I've, I've been seeing you play a lot of this, whether you're standing up in the, the main area or at your desk sitting down, standing up by your desk, all that. Mm -hmm. I will say that you look very comfortable in VR, and I mm -hmm. think that that is not always the case uh, when I see people using different headsets or, or whatever. Do you feel like there's a, a comfort that the PSVR 2 has that is making you more comfortable than normal with this, or do you think that you've just experienced enough VR over the last couple of years that now it just kind of feels normal? It's a bit of both. Uh, PSVR 2 is definitely way more comfortable than PSVR 1. Uh, I think that is partly because it is lighter than PSVR 1, which is great because PSVR 1 was very bulky. Shout out to Bear for bringing up the video of me, me in VR. But do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's legitimately, like, a, a just an ease and comfort that, like, you just, you know exactly what you're doing and, like, you don't, I mean, you look goofy, but like you don't of look course. stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the distinction between goofy and stupid. And this is me like, what, six and a half hours into Horizon Call of the Mountain, where at this point moment, I can tell you right now what I'm doing. I'm just climbing. I'm, climb <laughs> this climbing, I'm man. climbing. I'm reaching for the next thing, right? I'm, do I'm, I'm doing all that. Uh, PSVR 2 is more, com is, is more comfortable than PSVR 1. It's less bulky. There's only one cable compared to the the, um, the cable situation on PSVR 1, which helps out, helps out a lot. And then also, I think just the the... Um, the quality of like being able to put it on in the adjustment um, uh, features that you have on there are a bit more intuitive than PSVR 1. I wear glasses, and now I just got these new glasses that are a bit um, like bigger. They take a little bit more space than my previous glasses. And even with these, it was easy to adjust and be able to wear PSVR um, 2 with the glasses on. And so the comfortability aspect was there. Is it more comfortable than something like, like MetaQuest that doesn't have any cables and is lighter? I would say no. Um, but I also think it's to each their own, right? Like I, 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 I think for me, a thing that I, I am very aware of too, and maybe this is the glasses is like the the smushing <laughs> that will happen on the lens, mm. which I had a lot of Damn with PSVR too. And if you can get past it, right? Like it really is just like all right, clean it every thirty minutes or an hour long, or like however long it takes you to smush up the the, the lens. Like you had to do I'm that a quite guy. a bit. And I, I guess I'm a smushy guy too because I was smushing those things like crazy. Um, but stuff like that still persists, and I think to, to on some level it's like, what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, it's I would say it's comfortable, and I'd say like, you know, for a newcomer coming in to put on VR and try out VR, it it is immersive. You know, after getting into after being in Horizons World for like 20 minutes, you start to, you start to forget that there's an actual real world to go back to, right? Where I'm just walking through, I am solving the puzzles, I am climbing, I am doing all this stuff, and I what about a couple hours into Horizon, I I, I activated gamer mode, Tim, I love where it. legitimately I'm looking at, the, at these cliffs and I'm like. All right, how do I speed run these cliffs right here? I'm <laughs> literally in my. I didn't do this much at the office because I knew I would look. I, I would make the transition from there goofy to stupid. There would have been a bunch more videos that I would have filmed. <laughs> I would have. I would have made the transition from goofy to stupid. But in my bedroom, where nobody can see me, not even Michael Hyam, I am fucking. I love it. I like I'm speed running the climbing, and I was super into it. And yeah, like I felt. I. I. It, it didn't feel like I had much distraction or much um uh, pull, pulling me out of it uh, on that level. So yeah, on the on the comfort level, I'd, I'd say it has a lot going for it there. Last question I have for you on this. I'm, I'm the big tech boy. I love all the, the resolutions and the Ks. And if there's an LED, I want an O in front of it. I want it to make me go, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. How is the, the cinema mode? How is the like watching movies or anything? Have you tried that out? 
Not really. I've boot. I booted up a couple of games because I I booted up Gran Turismo, really hoping that the VR mode, like VR update, was there. And sadly, it wasn't. But then I played a race uh-huh. of Gran Turismo, just regular Gran Turismo on just the screen, and it's cool. Like, it's not. I wouldn't recommend it over just playing on a on a screen, but. I think it is an if for some reason maybe you're sharing the TV with Gia or like you for some reason want mm-hmm. to really like you know get rid of any distractions it's an option and it and it works right it's an option it's not it's not bad but like I wouldn't yeah. recommend that like I wouldn't say play God of War in VR theater mode I think that would still be a, a weird way to do it um, I'm holding out for Apple's VR yeah that's the one I'm putting my I don't know what this is, but I'm putting it on. Yeah, you're put, putting your chips on it. Putting your chips, putting the chips on the table, on the board. And then by that, I just mean I'm the most interested in, in, in it. Mm-hmm. One thing, am I going to buy it? No. One thing I will say about comfortability too, because like you know, I I really enjoyed our our review that we recorded uh, yesterday. That again went up this morning. That you can check out right now because you know you look at different you look at different reviews, right? And we're doing a review roundup. And you can kind of see a bit of the different places where people are coming from. And I knew. For our review, because we are, we're not just a VR channel, right? We are, for play, PS Love You, right? We're a PlayStation channel. We're speaking to a broader audience that might not just be the hardcore niche audience. Because I would say if you're a hardcore, if you're part of the hardcore VR niche audience and you're down to put $550 for the hardware, I would say the hardware, in terms of the technology that is in it, it is worth that. Like, go check, go check that out if that is your thing. But speaking to the wider PlayStation audience, on our review, right, we focus on Hardware, we focused on uh, software, and we focused on the experience, right? Like, what is the ease of use? How does it feel to use? Like, what is the smudging? How does like how are the dual sense controllers? All that stuff. And to go back to the comfortability to, uh, talk about uh, uh, talk, it is still a hassle for me to have that thing sit in an entertainment center or want to bust it out. Yeah. Right? A lot of my VR experience was me taking it back and forth to the, from the office to uh, uh, to home, which helped simulate the idea of like, all right, if I'm busting, busting this thing and I'm plugging it in, how much extra steps is needed for me to actually get set up in, in VR? I still felt like it, it, it. I had to make the decision to yeah. play VR, right? It's not as, as easy as going to my PS5, turning on the button, and cool, now I'm ready to go. Now it's easy to do. It's almost like that, that transition from when you go from physical gaming to digital gaming, and it's like, oh, I don't ever want to pick up a disc and put it in my PS5 again, right? I, I Like, I felt that before. With VR, it's like that, but even more so, where I'm like, all right, I got to bust out the DualSense controllers. All right, are they charged? Oh, man, the battery life isn't as great, so let me make sure these are charged, because there's two things. All right, um, uh, let me uh, sync both of them to my PS5, Plug the VR in, turn it on, turn on the VR. All right, now straighten out the cable. You know, like it it felt like a lot of steps, uh, which reminded me a bit of PSVR one. And at times for the right games, for the right mode, I'm down to do that. But it's not it's not always as easy as pick up and play, um, which is a thing, uh, a thing too, going back to the comfortability talk with it. But I, I, I do think that, you know, when we talk about is it the next step, is it this, is it that? I do it is in every way better than PSVR one which is a very good thing, you know? And if PlayStation shows PSVR 2 the support, if we get games down the line, if we see them put more of their IP on PSVR 2 in ways that I think would have to go beyond beyond what Horizon Call of the Mountain did, then I think there could be a future for this thing, right? I think there could be hope there. But as of now, for where we're at with both the technology and the price and the software that we have currently, uh, it's not been the best experience. It's been, like I said on the review, right? A three out of five, okay for me. Um, but that's been the VR story right now. I do want to pull in a question 
from Mitch Krasen, who writes in economyfunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can, and says, for this big old PSVR 2 launch, what do you see the trajectory of this product uh, now that impressions are available? Similar to the first PSVR, similar to the Vita with a few choices, uh, or with a few choice first-party games that then slowly trickle away. Full force support for a year? Thanks. Tim, after seeing these reviews, after hearing us talk about it on PS Love You, where do you stand on where you think the trajectory of PSVR 2 may go? I mean, it's probably going to be like, I think the Vita is a nice analog to it where you look at it and it's like, yeah, it had an Uncharted game at launch. Mm-hmm. And then what? <laughs> you know, it's like, cool. There was third party experiences and there was a lot of um, great things on Vita and a lot of people loved the Vita, but I don't think that, uh, that it was supported from first party in a major way. And you look at PSVR 2, we got Horizon. I don't expect us to get more Horizons. And I, I don't mean actual Horizon. I mean, like, we, I don't necessarily expect we're going to get a God of War or Uncharted or any of the IP that we're expecting. I don't even think we're going to get a Twisted Metal bless. Uh, not, not a Twisted no! Metal in VR. Mm-mm. Could you imagine playing not Twisted Metal in VR? The show? Come on. <laughs> Here, here's what I'll say. And I, I know this, this is me grasping and just hoping now. But this, after playing Horizon Call of the Mountain, I am like, I do think a Sp- Spider Man VR game maybe could work. Because there is a lot of, like, swinging in Horizon Call of the Mountain, where it is you are climbing, and then there's a grappling hook uh, hook that you attach onto, and then you swing onto the next thing. And it worked. I didn't get sick doing that. Now, if I'm in Spider-Man mode, and I'm doing that, like, over and over and over again, who knows if that that will then cause motion sickness. But, like, I was surprised by how uh, mobile I was in Horizon, and that didn't really cause sickness. Um, And so, like, I would love a Spider-Man thing. I mean, that's great. Do you think that it, it's going to be like the Vita or more, less? <sighs> I, I tend to think it's even tough. potentially less. <laughs> yeah. I, the thing with the Vita is when you talk about what led to the downfall of the Vita, I think you are talking about just basically, just purely, <clears throat> excuse me, support. And that is the thing I worry most for with, with, with PSVR 2 is, is PlayStation going to double down and give this the software it needs to be a compelling platform? Especially when it is, hey, how many people are buying this thing? Do you really want to put a full team from Insomniac or a team from from uh, Gorilla or Sucker Punch or, or or some of your biggest studios to work on that when they could work on PS5 games? I worry about that. I think a lot of the support might end up being VR modes for games that come out just as regular games, like we're seeing for Resident Evil uh, or Resident Evil Village. And Which I think Grand is great. Turismo. I think that that is a very important thing, and like that is the the way you get like a, a traditional hardcore game, something like Gran Turismo or Resident Evil, at a VR mode, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is a real gameplay experience. It's not just a VR experience. Which I feel like we're still in that phase of. Yeah. VR experiences are the majority of the the titles being released as compared to featured games or uh even like you like uniquely vr things like beat saber that are major successes i i london studio still exists as a studio right and so i would i would love and hope for a game from them that said they i think they officially announced this right that they were working on um a multiplayer thing kind of funny.com slash you're wrong i remember seeing the concept art for a game that takes place in like a fantasy london i think i talked about that with you but london studio they did blood and truth which was a psvr1 game blood and truth dope as hell i'll love another one of those where's astrobot that's the thing that i that's been on my mind this whole time while playing horizon i was like man i wish i was playing an astrobot game i think there's a chance you could see an astrobot game um but i'm surprised there hasn't i'm surprised there's not one either announced or here at launch um that that does surprise me um and i look toward the studio that did concrete genie pixel opus 
what are they up to? I think they would be a pretty good fit for something VR. I think you start to look towards studios like that, and if they can bring the goods, if Fire Sprite can bring more of the goods, then I think that would be cool. But is it enough to make VR a exciting and worthwhile thing that people on the PS5 look back to and go, oh man, VR2, you remember that? Like, that was awesome as hell. I, I, the Vita for me, at the very least, I think still has that niche fan support that people, like, I look back on the Vita fondly. Everything has unique... The, like, <laughs> for sure niche fan but support. Like, like if you think about it that way the sega saturn's beloved but i feel like the people that owned a vita and maybe this is me just hanging out with greg miller too much the people that owned a vita fucked with the vita it was just that the, the, the it's just that not enough people own the vita right like mm -hmm. i loved my time with the vita i had persona 4 golden on there i put in 100 and, or i put in like 100 hours into that game on there i played super meat boy i played severed i was having a great time i know greg was playing um, that monster hunter game that took place in the panopticon freedom wars, <laughs> freedom wars thank you greg was playing that he was having a great time like I don't PSVR two is, is is tough because I even trying to think of those types of software experiences coming to the platform. It's hard to think of the ones that are going to stick like that. Maybe Gran Turismo ends up being one of those. Maybe Resident Evil Village ends up being one of those. But I think the price is high. It's 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 a it's a tough place for VR right now, just as a whole, right? Not just for PSVR two, but you know VR is in, is is in a very interesting place. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it, how it develops. We will see. For now. Let's talk a little bit about software. Uh, story number two, we got a Horizon Call of the Mountain review roundup for you. Currently on Metacritic, it is sitting at a 79. Simon Cardi at IGN gave it a 7 out of 10 and says this. Horizon Call of the Mountain's exciting, exciting highs elevated just enough above its often monotonous climbing mechanics to create a fun first blockbuster scale entry into the PSVR 2 library. Through intuitive design, awesome spectacle, and gripping combat, Horizon's first step into virtual reality is one packed with exciting encounters uh, that, its, uh, that its slower stretches may sometimes detract from, but never threaten to derail completely. It's an enjoyable, if not essential, chapter of the Horizon story. And then Tamor Hussein at GameSpot gave it a 7 out of 10 and says, The real star of the show, however, is the visuals, and by extension, the immersive quality of playing Horizon Call of the Mountain. Again, this is a collaborative effort between the game and the hardware it's running on, both the PS5 and the PSVR 2. Call of the Mountain is one of the best-looking VR games I've ever seen, and being in its world is a genuine thrill. The ongoing refrain of, quote, familiar done well is the defining qu quality of, of Call of the Mountain. There's nothing revolutionary in the game that moves VR, VR gaming forward, and it doesn't do anything unexpected, so it ends up being exactly what it looks like, a well-made Horizon game in VR that has good, good climbing and shooting, as well as pretty environments to look at. As a showcase of what can be done with the PSVR 2, it more than hand, handily serves its purpose. This looks pretty as shit. It's, it's, very, it's a very gorgeous game. And I had a, I had a, I had a, I had a good time playing it, right? I think my 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 biggest complaint with it is that I think it overstays its welcome, right? Mm -hmm. By the time I got to the end of it, I was like, oh man, I'm ready for this to be over. But, but the first time I got into a combat encounter with one of the machines, it was pretty thrilling. I was like, oh shit, the bow and arrow works exactly how you'd expect it, right? It feels right. I feel like I'm Aloy in Horizon Forbidden West, actually taking out these things. And uh, one of the things I was talking about like, on PS Love You is the fact that if you're looking for a climbing game. This is the best climbing game you can play. Oh, the cool. it, it, it can be finicky, right? I think some of that is with the tracking and stuff. But for when it works, the climbing is actually pretty impressive, and there's a lot of it. I, there's so much climbing, Tim, that oftentimes my arms got tired. Oh, I mean, I've I've seen you. Yeah. Last week. Yeah, legitimately, I'm like ass off. <laughs> like I, I would get to parts where I'm like climbing, and I get to like you know, I get to I get halfway up, and I just hang my like my left arm upward and rest my right arm, and I'm like, I just need a breather. I just need a breather. <laughs> and my left arm is like up like this, it. and I'm like, all right, time to continue. <laughs> and I can't imagine how that looked seeing me from across the office just oh, with one so, arm like this. So funny. This means 
like shaking my right arm a little bit just to like try and get the energy in there. But uh, yeah, like it's cool. I agree with um, well, I agree, I agree with War in the idea that this uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain doesn't feel like the next step for VR gaming. And in some ways, for me, it even feels I, tech demo. I think is often used as an insult, but I do not mean it as an insult in this way. But I, I use tech demo, tech demo as an analogy for. It feels like it is trying to sell you on how powerful the 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 headset is, the hardware is, in terms of how beautiful the game the games can look. But as a video game, the mechanics are fine. Like it's cool. Like you know, you move around slowly because it's VR. You are when you're in the combat encounters, you're basically strafing around. You're you're basically on rails. And it's fun if you think of it as a time crisis type of game where it is all right, cool. Like I gotta aim, I gotta do all that stuff. You're in the action, but then the action ends and it's climbing, and it's like all right, cool. This is this feels like a solution to have people not moving in slow motion all around the world, right? Like the climbing feels like mm. uh, uh, sort of a solution for that. But then you get back into the action. It's like, all right, it's fine. The story is fine. You know, I do not think this is a must um, must experience Horizon story by any means. You can easily skip the story if you're a Horizon fan. Um, but yeah, that's uh, sadly that is my takeaway from it. I wish I liked it more, but is it here? Uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Do is I have your PSVR two here? No, I left it at home. Mm. I thought about bringing it, but I was like, I'm not going to play anything now. Yeah, yeah. I got a Returnal stream to do with Andy after this. Ooh. Yeah. I can bring my VR to you tomorrow. If you want to borrow it over the weekend, also, I can give it to you. You know what? Maybe I all do. Right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Make yeah. sure to like clean it, though. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll <laughs> because I got that me? sweat all yeah. over it. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, mm -hmm. we got another review roundup for you. But before we get there, I want to let people out there know about patreon.com slash games, where you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Look how cool I look. You too can look this cool. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They'll also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. That's fantastic. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back exclusively for y'all listeners and watchers right now. Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the new year. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. These are five star rated by over 200,000 people. Again, that shadyrays.com use the code kinda funny shout out to honey for sponsoring this episode honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iphone or computer and thanks to honey manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past and we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart when you check out the honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons you wait a few seconds you see the fun little dancing guy honey searches for coupons and it finds you the best ones and then you just watch the prices drop we here at kind of funny have been using honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech costumes food you name it honestly i just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save that's the best part honey doesn't just work on desktops it works on your phone too you just activate it on safari on your phone you save on the go if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out you can get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tim, I'm feeling a little bit wild. The Wii U's better than the Vita will ever be. Uh, how fucking dare <laughs> you? <laughs> going, you going. take that back. <laughs> Does the take Vita have Persona for Golden? I didn't say anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Y'all hear what he just said? No. Story number three. Let's talk about Wild Hearts Review Roundup. Uh, right now on Metacritic, Wild Hearts is sitting at a 79. On OpenCritic, it is sitting at an 81. Tom Marks at IGN gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, If imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, then Koei Tecmo's Omega Force is using Wild Hearts to flirt hard with Capcom right now. But using- Oh my god, <laughs> damn. That is a- Tom, you are fucking crushing it. That was beautiful. I love Tom Marks so much. Uh, but using a beloved game as a template for a new one isn't necessarily a bad thing and wild hearts manages to introduce plenty of fun new ideas to the monster hunter formula uh, while recapturing it well enough to stand proudly alongside the series that so clearly inspired it the way it simplifies and streamlines things makes uh for a slightly uh shallower package but it's karakuri building adds a fresh new way to interact with the map in its place and while its lower monster variety is certainly disappointing uh i'm still having enough fun that i'm excited to party up with friends and dive back into both challenging endgame fights and fanciful karakuri decorations alike and then matt wales at Eurogamer uh, recommended the game and said far more than just a monster and a clone wild hearts exceeds expectations and then some mixing streamlined action with Inventive new toys. Tim, you got to hear me and Andy talk about this game on Gamescast the one yeah. up this morning. Is uh, did, did we do anything for your interest? I mean, I am so excited by how into it you guys are. Like it was it was really cool to see. I mean, it's always fun when you see people kind of get into a new genre. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you guys have both to different uh, extents played Monster Hunter before, but it really feels like you guys are falling in love with this and falling mm-hmm. in love with what the experience is, and you specifically uh pushing through the opening like overwhelmingness of uh, the opening hours of the game and getting to the point where you're now like, yo, this is this genre is a great podcast game genre. Yeah. Like, I think that is really cool. And like everything we're seeing from it, I'm like, I was surprised at how many times during the games cast yesterday that you can watch on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Now, um, how many times I saw something like, yo, that's cool as shit. Yeah. Like some of the abilities and the way that you can uh, mix and, and change up the weapons. I was like, this is really dope looking. Yeah, I'm. I, again, the more I play it, the more I'm, I'm surprised about it. You know, I hit a point. I was playing last night, and I hit a point where, again, like you'll get you'll get these small tutorials that in the middle of a fight, L one will pop up, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? And then you press it, and then it tells you a new combo that you can do. And you know, I mixed and matched a couple of my building things to then create uh, another thing. And I was like, man. This game just keeps on giving. Like, I'm really enjoying this experience. And to your point of people getting to new genres, you know, playing Wild Hearts has me excited for whatever the next monster, big Monster Hunter game is. You know, like, whenever they release Monster Hunter World 2 or whatever they call the next big Monster Hunter for PS5, 
I think I'm there day and date. Like I think I'm there on on, that's on great. day one. That's super cool. Yeah, that's how much fun I'm ha- I'm having with this thing. And I think they nailed it. You know, it's not it's far from perfect. It has its issues, right? Again, like uh, Andy gave it a four out of five, and a lot of that is due to some of the a lot of the presentation of it. And yeah, Tom Mark's talking about it being an eight out of ten, right? Talking about how maybe it doesn't have as, as many monsters as Monster Hunter, um, and some some things here and there. Yeah, I think all that makes sense. But for what Wild Hearts is as a first swing and as a swing at being a Monster Hunter clone, essentially. Pretty good. Like an they EA did a really original. good job. And an they EA original. EA. They're going all the way to the top. They're they're doing the damn thing. Yeah. Joey, Joey's been playing too. She's been enjoying it a lot. She's been enjoying it so much, actually, Bless, that mm-hmm. she's been working on a uh parody of Rihanna's Wild Thoughts. Wow. But for Wild Hearts. Wow. wow. Wild Hearts. Yeah. Wow. And like she's like just she's it's during work time. I keep telling her you gotta, gotta actually work. That's Stop crazy. doing this. But like I saw the microphone on her desk and I didn't yeah. know what that was. I think for. she's like two verses in, but yeah. So stay tuned to that. I think it's gonna drop on Kind of funny. Kind of funny channel. games. Hell yeah. yeah. Really quick. I just, I don't like that when you did like the EA originals and then you did the clap. Like you did the, you the, did the Greg star. Miller shooting star. <laughs> and it made me a little, a little mm-hmm. worried there. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when Greg Miller's gone for like a, a week, it, he's I, inside all of us. Yeah. No, I mean, you've, you've been wondering where, where Greg Miller's at. Yeah. Greg Miller is all of us. Yeah. We grinded him up and we all drank oh. ashes. Oh. And now he's in all of us. That's right. <laughs> Greg Miller's Greg one Miller. of the people that at kind of funny I'd want to drink the least. Yeah? Really? Mm-hmm. He seems like he'd be a fine drink. <laughs> Sounds like a next-gen topic. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the document for next-gen podcast. For now, let's talk about story number four. Ubisoft says it will attend E3 2023 if it happens. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Ubisoft has confirmed it attends it intends to attend uh, the re- revamped E3 Expo in Los Angeles this year if it happens. Uh, speaking during an earnings call on Thursday, the company's CEO, Yves Gilmont, said, quote, if E3 happens, we'll be there and we'll have a lot of things to show, end quote. It's not clear why Gilmont was alluding to apparent uncertainty around this year's E3 taking place. Uh, details so of, funny. Yeah, he's like, if it happens, it's like it's announced. They said it's happening and Yves Gilmont is like, if it happens. Uh, details of E3's revamped 2023 format, uh, which will see separate business and consumer events split between four days in June, were revealed late last year. And just last month, new E3 organizer Reed Pop told VGC that it had received, quote, a tremendous amount of interest, end quote, from many of the biggest companies in the industry, and that it was confident that the lineup would be worth the trip. Interesting, Tim. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things here. Now, I'm going to start this off with a little conspiracy theory. All right. Conspire. You ready for this? I'm ready. Does Ubisoft and Jeff Keighley have beef? So, okay, I'm glad you had this thought too. Because this morning I was thinking about this too when I saw the story. Because Ubisoft, they stayed away from Summer Game Fest the first uh, year or so. Mm-hmm. Did they ever come to Summer Game Fest? I feel like they didn't. I don't know. Somebody let us know. Conifone.com slash you're wrong. I feel like they never did a Summer Game Fest thing. But yeah, you're wrong us if we're wrong about that. And now they're back at E3. What did Jeff Keighley do? What happened? <laughs> it's it's just it's weird a little bit. Like I'm because when they first did Summer Game Fest V1 and we got the the calendar and stuff, and UB wasn't part of it. It was like it was an what? auto mission. This is kind of weird. And Nintendo wasn't either, but Nintendo's Nintendo, and that makes more sense. But UB was like, "What's going on here?" And now with Eve's being like, oh, "Yeah, oh yeah, v 3s happening. We're we're there for sure." Not knowing if it's happening or not, kind of weird. Them saying they have a lot to show. Okay, maybe maybe UB's turned it around. Bless. We've been I mean, it. I I think that's one of those senses worth looking into. I mean, to the E three Summer Game Fest thing. Do you think maybe? Do you think uh, for Jeff Keighley? I'm sure he charges an amount of money for publishers to be a part of Summer Game Fest in that way. Do you think Ubisoft looked at that and was like, 
you're not E3. Like, E3 is more valuable to us in terms of showing our, off our games there, and they're not willing to spend the Jeff Keighley money. I struggle to believe that that's the reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, yeah. There's, this there's is, this something. is me trying to pull, grasp something yeah. because it, it is it is very interesting. Yeah. I, I do think that, uh, I mean, we've talked about Ubisoft to death so many times about like what is going on, but Ubisoft having its Ubisoft Presents branding for their yeah. showcases, they've committed Forward. to it. Uh, Ubisoft oh, Forward. Yeah. Yeah. Ubisoft Forward. Uh, they've committed to it. Of like, We've now had uh, like half a dozen of them. Right. It feels like we've had, we've had quite a few. Yeah. Over, over the like, last Maybe like years? five, four, five, six. And that. it, Feels like it's been a while. The <laughs> last Ubisoft forward was it the skull and it was the one where it transitioned into an Assassin's Creed presentation. Oh yeah, that's right. And I want to say that was last fall. Yeah, that was like August. That was like on a September Saturday, right? 2022. There is you what go. I have. Yes, because it was it was the week after um, the Marvel game showcase, Disney Marvel game showcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a great host, such a great host. Yeah. Huh. So when they talk about, we'll be there and we'll have a lot of things to show. Do you read into that? Do you think that there is, when they say we have a lot of things to show, do you think that's just marketing speak? That's them appealing to investors or whatever? Or do you think they actually have a lot of things to show? Well, look, I mean, here's the, the, <laughs> the, the funny thing about this is what the fuck is E3? And we're about mm-hmm. to found, find out in just a, a few short months. But what we know of E3 at this point in time is that it may or may not be happening. But we know it's, it is happening, and it's a, a show floor experience. It's not a live stream. It is not like what it was when Greg hosted. So... Ubisoft having a lot to show, does that just mean they have a lot for people to play on the show floor? And then they're going to do Ubisoft Forward separately or just around it? Because I imagine that's the most likely case mm-hmm. here, which at that point, it's not really an E3 thing. It just is around E3, which is how E3 used to be. But it's, you know, it's weird to, to be like talking about E3 as if it's a partnership when to us, I don't know if we're really going to feel that. Mm-hmm. Do you think they go back to being on stage? They stopped being on stage when the pandemic hit. They've been doing Ubisoft Forward since then. Of course, Ubisoft Forward feels like it's the future, but maybe, uh, do you think maybe they sunset it and they're, and they're like, hey, we're, we're going back to the E3 stage. We are actually throwing a presentation with an audience in Dance Numbers and Usher doing Just Dance 2024 stuff. You know, it's a really good question because they really, they, they love that theater. They always use the same theater and UB like, kind of blows out their, their live stage performances. And it's been... A long time since they have done it. It's very expensive. Ubisoft likes to spend money, though. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they do an in-person thing. You know? Mm. Especially because PlayStation's going to live at the Shrine okay. Theater <laughs> in front of 7,000 people. Stop it, Tim. Stop it. I'm so fascinated to see what they do. Because mm-hmm. I, I could I honestly see it going either way. I think Ubisoft Forward for them is, I am sure, way easier than doing an onstage thing. And they can do it whenever they want to. They don't have to wait for June to happen for them to do a forward. They've done forward all around the year at this point now. How much do you get out of a stage show versus a Ubisoft forward? I'm sure at this point they can compare and contrast and see how much that is worth to them. And personally, when I look at that stuff, I'm like, how much is it worth it? Because, like, do stage shows really bring in more eyes, more audience, more all this stuff versus just doing Ubisoft forward, which I imagine is way cheaper for you? Who knows? Uh, and if, that, and if that's the case, right? If you do a stage show, I imagine that that is going to be, hey, let's compact everything we had to announce over uh, this year into that show as opposed to oh, strip feeding it so over nice. the course of the, uh, uh, of the year. I would love that. Because then you are talking about a banger show, right? You are talking about Actually. a banger in terms of the amount of content. Because I'm sure that's where we might get an update on Skull and Bones. Maybe. 
maybe I'm sure maybe that we get an update on Prince of Persia remake. Maybe well, I'm yeah. sure maybe we get an update on Bianca and Evil too. Oh, no, definitely. We're Avatar. That's not a real game. Yeah, I'm sure Avatar would be one of the headliners for sure. For sure. Maybe Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, yeah, Star. I mean, and that is when we start talking about the a seven show. Assassin's Creed games that they're working on. Assassin's Creed Mirage is this fall, I think. Do we? Uh, no, they. I don't even think that's got a like release window. It's really just like this year. Oh uh, uh, yeah, so I, I assume this fall. And then like year. yeah, the those other Assassin's Creed games that are tied to the, like the Assassin's Creed like platform that the like is still like vague and like we don't really know like how that's all gonna work uh, with a uh, Hexy and then uh, what, what's the other one uh, Red Red yeah. Um, and so yeah, that's a lot of big questions. Splinter Cell remake. Oh yeah. I, they do have a lot to talk about, and you know, somebody, somebody in chat mentioned that the Star Wars and Avatar are on the same team, so maybe they don't talk about it. There was, remember, there was that uh, it was a tweet from somebody on that team talking about how it was going to be an exciting year for Star Wars, something along those lines. Now I'm referencing a lot of things that that, that happened that I can't pull. Uh, I mean, pull from Mandalorian memory. season three, Jedi Survivor, Bad Batch, but, but it was somebody. It was it was a Ubisoft person though talking uh, about like gotcha, gotcha, us gotcha. and Ubisoft. Um, but yeah. I don't know, man. I'm know. so curious to see how this goes. Yeah. I mean, what would be the surprise? What would be the surprise new announcement that they could make at a Ubisoft thing this year that would get people hyped? Beyond Good and Evil 4? <laughs> like, fuck it. We're <laughs> just going. Skip yeah. Forward. yeah. I mean, for me, it would be Rayman. But Oh, yeah? I know you're a Rayman guy like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh have you played Origins? You played Legends? Yeah. They're good. They're really good. They're, They're really good. good. Yeah, I would love a new Ubi art game. Yeah. He's an art style. Yeah, we're kind of getting one... I, at least it looks like it with the the Mickey game coming out. Oh yeah, it was the announced Disney by Illusion a Island. very handsome, amazing host. At, yeah, at D twenty three. Yeah, they should bring him back. Story number five: Apple TV Plus is releasing a Tetris movie. This is Darren Bothis at yeah. Gamespot. Uh, how do we want to? I'm not seeing the trailer yet. Do we want a live reaction? I have to the either. trailler. Yeah. Oh shit! I want a live right. react. Let's get in. Bear, are you able to play this trailer with sound? It's Tetris. Tetris. It's the perfect game. I'm already streaming March 31st. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I played for five minutes. I still see falling blocks in my dreams. Oh my God. It's poetry, art and That's math, the all working in magical synchronicity. Hey. It's, it's the perfect game. Tetris. 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 I don't get it. Put this guy it's in every fucking movie, man. Uh, Tetra, so Greek for four, and tennis. tennis. Oh my god, this is pretty cool. He likes tennis. Nasal. Yeah. This game isn't just addictive. It stays with you. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Hank, only ten other people in the world have seen what you're about to see. It's called the Game Boy. This is fucking awesome! <laughs> <laughs> I just got a chill! The Soviet Union had worldwide rights. Nothing gets out easily. I'm gonna go to Moscow. You're walking into a country that still considers America enemy numero uno. Okie dokie. You sure you don't have to talk to your wife about this first? Pioneers have to bet the house to win. But not literally. Listen. Have you ever heard our apartment this quiet before? This is the inventor of Tetris. Your game is brilliant. I'm gonna Tetris make you in the back. Mr. Hodges, have you ever negotiated with the Soviet? powerful trailer. <laughs> We're here for Tetris. <laughs> what do you say? I don't speak Russian. <laughs> the most powerful man in the Communist Party is watching you and your family. 
Do you know where your husband is? What the hell is going on? The world is changing, and Soviet Union will the, not be oh left Oh my god, behind. the theme? You want to play with the big boys? This is how the world works. Where is my money? This is insane. We can't protect you. Sometimes you gotta forget the rules. This is criminal. The Soviet Union is about to implode. They're lying. Everybody's lying. The cavalry is coming. We don't have time. I have a plan. What in the oh, world is on. happening? You guys are the kings of cliffhangers. Yo. Not the bad. Wait, wait. <laughs> was that the president? Was that the president of Nintendo? Yes. That is awesome. Put Taron Egerton in fucking every movie, man. But also, was everything Yamaluchi. else around him also fucking awesome. That was fucking great. That was one of the best movie trailers I have ever seen. Just My expectation moment, dude. What the fuck? It's called the game, <laughs> guys. What the fuck did we just see? <laughs> That is awesome, dude. dude I got Apple chills. TV I legitimately got chills. No, I, I had chills for the last three minutes. I think I still kind of have them. <laughs> that looked so freaking good. Holy shit. I, did you know that this is happening? Because I totally missed I, it. Those I mean, Tetris years ago, happening. they announced the Tetris movies happening. I'm sure we covered it on the show like 10 fucking times. But Oh, you know what? I'm getting flashbacks covering this. Yeah. that's Dude, that looks awesome. I love how they're handling this. I mean, yeah, this looks uh, great. This is a great way to do a, t a Tetris movie. What the actual hell, man? And, and yeah, I, dude, Apple TV Plus continues to just fucking slay, man. Yeah, so, dude. so much high quality shit there. Yeah, Wait, what's the date on this? Uh, March, March 31st. 31st. March 31st, dude. Yeah, so that's around the corner. Fuck yes. Oh, oh my God. They're giving a lot of reasons to subscribe in March because uh, uh, Ted Lasso is coming, coming, coming back. back next month, too, man. Severance season two, man. They keep promoting Severance because it's like award season, so I keep seeing it on Twitter. And mm -hmm. every time I'm like, season two, it's not. Severance is so goddamn good. Man, shout out to that. Look at that. A Tetris movie that actually looks really good. Who would have thunk? God damn. Who would have thunk? Uh, let's round out the Roper Report with story number six. Crystal Dynamics and Idols Montreal are expected to release five AAA games by March 2028. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Crystal Dynamics and Autos Montreal are currently expected to release five AAA games by March 31st, 2028. Lars Wingfors, the CEO of Crystal Dynamics and Idol's parent company, Embracer, uh, provided an update on the group's pipeline of AAA projects during a quarterly earnings presentation on Thursday. He defined AAA games as titles that have over 100 full-time developers at the peak of their development phase. They must also have notable or significant marketing budgets and are expected to sell at least 2 million units. And if development work is paid for by an external partner, Embracer must also have a notable economic upside. One project that would appear to meet all three stipulations is Perfect Dark, a co-development between Xbox Studio, The Initiative, and Crystal Dynamics, which is being funded by Microsoft. Another is Crystal Dynamics' upcoming Tomb Raider game, which will be published by Amazon. If it was recently claimed that an, it was recently claimed that a new Deus Ex game was in very early development at Idols Montreal, and that the studio was working on a new IP as well as collaborating with Microsoft on Xbox games, including Fable. The release of five AAA games over the next five years would mark a significant increase on the three released by, two, by the two studios over the past five years. There are 2018's Shadow of the Tomb Raider by Eidos, 2020's Marvel's Avengers by Crystal and Eidos, and 2021's Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy by Eidos. In total, Wing Force says, or said Embracer plans to release 31 AAA games by March 31st, 2028. 
In addition to the five from Crystal Dynamics and Idols Montreal, eight will come from Gearbox, 11 from Saber Interactive, six from Plyon. Plyon? Plyon. Plyon. It was Plyon. God God damn it. God damn it. Oh, bless. God damn it. It's exactly (laughs) how it looks. And it looks like Plyon. Uh, And one from THQ Nordic. Awesome. Yeah, dude, that that is that that's cool. I'm excited. Big fan of Crystal. Obviously, you know, there's there's been some some missteps, but there's been a lot of a lot of success out there. I really enjoyed Guardians. I'm bummed that it doesn't feel like we'll ever get a sequel to it because I feel like a sequel could you know, have been awesome. What do you think is preventing a sequel? The sales to the racer? Or? Yeah, I think I think it's that, and also I from what it seemed like, I don't think Guardians sold what they needed it to for mm. how triple A that game was. Yeah. Um. Which is definitely a bummer, but also not a surprise after Avengers and like yeah. you see Guardians. It's like there was something off about it. Um, just from do you the, think Avengers you know. fucked up Guardians? Do you think a I lot think, of people looked at Guardians and were like, "No, we've been fooled before with yeah, Avengers." I do. And it's then, a bummer because I think because like, that should have been a mainstream success. Yeah, and uh, looking at the the early trailers for it, like I remember I was into it, but a lot like most people weren't, and people were like really upset with the the look of some of the characters. Um, and I think that that stemmed from the vibe that started in Avengers, where people from the jump, when we saw the Avengers characters, everyone's like, "Who the fuck are these <laughs> <Yeah>. guys?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is not that like that looks like not Robert Downey. Jr. That looks like a stunt double for Robert Downey Jr. Essentially, yeah. Whereas uh, I fucking love the Star Lord in in Guardians, but mm-hmm. you know, personal taste out there. You know, there's people with the right right taste. Knowing that the Wii U is superior to the Vita, and then God there's other it. people. There's God just other it. people out there. Do you genuinely believe this? With every ounce of my oh, being. Man. Oh, it's not even man. a fucking question, but you know what? We're not talking about I think that. it is. We're not how talking much, about it. Oh, I, I was going to ask, how much is the Vita sold? But we don't know. We, we don't, don't know. PlayStation never reported those numbers. We don't know. Who could tell? If anything, it might be one of the best-selling handhelds ever. You don't know. We don't know. Nobody can tell. Nobody can. But yeah, this is one of those ones where like, it's hard for me to even speculate on because we're talking about March 31st, 2028. It's not a real year to me yet. Yo, that, that yeah. ain't real at all. Get me to 2026 before I start and thinking we'll about, think 2028. about 2028. Yeah, yeah exactly. but I'm excited for the Tomb Raider game. I'm excited yep. for um, the Perfect Dark game if we ever get that. I'm I'm really excited about Perfect Dark. I know it's silly to be, but like I I That's want an, Perfect Dark to be a fucking massive win. I uh, Perfect Dark is like 2028 to me, <laughs> where it doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it, doesn't it, it doesn't exist until I see the first trailer. Then I'm like, all right, cool. Or the second trailer, I guess, because we got that right. one trailer. But that, God, Perfect Dark. Seems just so far away, Tim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where do I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts that know that the Wii U is better than the Vita each and every weekday. Do do do. What you say? What do you sneak in there? Do 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 do. Yeah. Somebody says the Wii U has Bayonetta too. That already wins. The the Vita. How many times do you have to say the words Persona Wars for Golden and Freedom Wars? Tear away. Yeah, yeah, Tearaway. Yeah, that's a good one. Severed. Was good. A lot of the indie games, I'm sure, are Shovel on Wii U, too. I played it on Vita. I played it on Wii U. Oh, fuck. Wow. Wait, are, you, are these jokes right now? Are you, are you joking with me about, about the Vita? I don't joke around about the Vita. I don't either. Water Princess in chat <laughs> says, the Vita had Power Stone. Did it? <laughs> the, Vita, the Vita had the PSP games that were backwards compatible. It had Peace Walker on there. God, Greg Miller really has fucking, like, infected me. <laughs> yeah, Jesus exactly. Christ. You've been drinking, Greg? <laughs> yeah. Out today, we got Shadow Warrior 3 for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Fiat Rhythm Final Bar Line for PS4 and Switch. And let me tell you, that game is like on a 90 on Metacritic or something like that. I, I might need to check out Fiat Rhythm Final Bar Theater Line. Theater Rhythm. Theater Rhythm? There's no way. It, yeah. 
Yeah. Was, Why do they spell it like that? Because they're square blasts. <laughs> oh, it's square. Come oh, on, that makes man. sense. Sorry, yeah. yeah that you're going to love that it's, game. It's the Final Fantasy... Uh, Theater rhythm. Rhythm game. And it's like every Final Fantasy song in existence. And you're just fucking oh. tap, tap, tapping away. It's Greg, good. Greg Miller, I know, I know you're on break, but like if you're listening right now, I'm going to need a code out. for Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line for, I guess, either PS4 or Switch. Uh, Switch. Uh, and then Dustin Neon for PC and Switch is out today. Wild West Dynasty for PC. And then Elderond for PC and Switch. New dates for you. Homestead Arcana launches this April for PC and Game Pass. Marvel's Midnight Suns Redemption Venom DLC is coming February 23rd. Mayhem in Single Valley releases March 2nd on PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Switch. And Rumble Sus, a social deduction party game made by a kind of funny best friend, is coming to Nintendo Switch on February 23rd. Rumble Sus. Rumble Sus. I like that name for a game. Rumble Sus. Uh, deal of the day for you. The Epic Game Store's next free title has been revealed. You're getting sci-fi game Duskers. Wow. Duskers. That'll be free on the P- on Epic's PC marketplace from February 23rd until March 2nd. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Nano says Ubisoft had a Ubisoft forward as part of Summer Game Fest in 2021. They did not have an appearance in 2022 during June. Now, my question, Nano, is did Ubisoft ever say the words Summer Game Fest or did Jeff, <laughs> did yeah, Jeff Keighley... Jeff Keighley was just claiming everything was part of Summer Game Fest, you know? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Did like when you Was there like a thing that said Summer Game Fest on the Ubisoft forward? Or was Jeff Keighley, did Jeff Keighley tweet out that the Ubisoft forward was happening? Uh, Nino also says Ubisoft also has a Rayman DLC for Mario plus Rabbids, which we've seen nothing about. This can be shown off at E3. That's not a year wrong. That's editorializing. Nano, put yourself in timeout. And that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be me and the one and only Michael Peter Hyam. Hell hey. Is it Peter? No, I don't, I don't think okay. it's Peter. There's I just, not a fucking chance that he stands <laughs> you imagine, Peter. Can you imagine his middle name is Peter? I can't. If you're watching this live right now, after this is Returnal on PC with Andy Cortez and me. That's right. I'm joining for that. We're going to play some co-op. And come, uh, come into that stream and say a good happy birthday to one Andy Cortez, who's okay. turning 26 years old. 26, 26 years old. 26. He's getting up there. God mm-hmm. damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, catch that later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Do you want to watch the, vi- the VOD? Uh, of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. At 11.17 a.m., look at the Kind of Funny Vids Twitter account.